This episode of The Get Down is brought to you by Digital Music Pool. Digital Music Pool is the ultimate record pool for professional DJs looking for the hottest tracks and exclusive hits updated daily in an easy-to-use platform. You can find exclusive edits from myself, Cream, Adam B., Andrew Marks, Angela the Kid, Chumpian, Castra, and Pat C., only on DMP, and we're giving you a chance to try their service for just $9.99 for the first month and $24.99 each additional month. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes or on the Get Down or Cream Instagram pages, create an account, and enter the promo code CREAM at checkout for your discounted month. DMP is my go-to site when downloading new music, so become a member for just $9.99 for the first month with the code CREAM. You will not be disappointed. Click the link in the show notes or on the Get Down or Cream Instagram pages to sign up now. What's up, guys? Thanks for listening to the Get Down podcast. If you enjoy what you hear and you think other DJs could benefit from the things that we talk about on the show, we would greatly, greatly appreciate if you could subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you listen to it. It's much appreciated. Thanks, guys. What's up, guys? Welcome to the 104th episode of The Get Down, presented by Digital Music Pool. My name is Cream. Gary W. here. Closing out the year, Gar. Last podcast before 2023. Uh, we're recording a little late this week, so you guys are going to get a podcast on a Friday instead of a Wednesday. It is what it is. We're just trying to squeeze one last show in here. Gear up for your New Year's weekends. Um this these two weeks are are always always i don't want to say difficult they're a lot of fun you get to spend a lot of time with your friends and your family but then like the work stuff kind of sometimes gets thrown to the back burner a little bit um and maybe like a little laziness creeps in uh, super lazy because of all the the festivities and then like you know if you're hosting family that's that's a huge thing i was hosting friends and family for a, for a week over a week. And, and that's a lot of work. Um, so yeah, the, the business side of things sometimes slows up, but that's okay. And it's expected because it's kind of across the board. Everybody really kind of feels the same way. I know that Monday I spoke to a few people and they're like, I just do not want to be doing work. I don't want to do yeah. anything with work. Like, especially day after Christmas, it's like that's rough on a, on a Monday. Um, but think, anyway, but we're here. <laughs> yeah. I think next year for us, this is going to be a two week break for for no work like we've been doing goals calls with our djs this week and it's amazing because it's great to have these conversations and really get an understanding of like where their heads are at and then how we can help all the djs but like it's a lot to do during this week to be quite honest it is a lot um but there are things that are non-negotiables right there are things that need to get done no matter what happens you know whether it's invoicing whether it's uh, payroll, you know, especially this time of year with like payroll and things like yeah. that. Um, there are, and like even this podcast, like this has become a non-negotiable, you know, it's, and not just for you and I, I mean, I, you know, we have people hitting us up saying, why isn't the podcast come out on Wednesday or like, you know, where's the podcast at? So you want to provide that for people that are weekly listeners. And, um, so there's stuff that just does get thrown into the, the non-negotiable, uh, bin and you have to get it done no matter what happens. Yeah. So you could say, yeah, we're going to take time off, but 
time off well, looks like, you know, when, what, what, X amount of hours a day. When I say time off, obviously I, I, I'm not saying like completely step away from the business, but right. not spend hours and hours and hours on zoom doing the various things we do every week. So yeah, I hope you guys, I hope you guys took some time last week, this week, and everybody's gearing up for the new year, but we're going to reflect a little bit about 2022. And we're going to talk a little bit about what to expect here in 2023, both from a business standpoint and I think music. And I think that's really what we're going to do this episode. So I don't know. You want to, you want to start with the pod? I mean, we we've looking back on our 2022, I think, uh, if you think all the way back to January, we were really still gearing up and like growing as far as number of gigs and venues adding on more gigs. And like, we had a, we had a really like amp up our, our back end And as far as the number of DJs we're working with in a short period of time, because the gigs were like really coming in early 2022. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting transition from 2021, obviously that had a, had had that slower start and then really gained steam in the fall. Uh, which is usually where our business does gain steam, but that was like that was like twofold due to the fact that it was there was like that scare again in 2021 and early, so like things kind of opened, pulled back, and then we saw like full fledged football season 2021, and then that just honestly rolled right into 2022, and it has done nothing but gain traction for Get Down DJ Group since. January. Yeah. Um, and, and we're very, obviously very lucky and very grateful for that. Um, and now it, it's almost like we have all of the systems in place to not be so overwhelmed. Like we were in Q1. I think Q4 really, uh, went out, went, went off without a hitch. Um, as soon, you know, the first two weeks of September are always a little rough, no matter what happens, no matter how prepared you are, no matter how many conversations you have, there's yeah. always things that happen that, that are kind of like out of your control. Um, but we've really got, gotten our footing here and, and and things have been great. This has been such a great year for our business and, and I'm really, really proud of, of where we've ended up. Me too. Me too. I, I think I, I agree with you on that. The beginning of the year was really figuring out how to handle the influx of gigs and DJs and really getting our business set on the back end so that we could continue to grow. And it took a little while, but I think spending all that time and energy and effort on, you know, creating onboarding DJ videos and, uh, you know, getting our systems and all the websites and various apps that we're using and our processes and like getting all that stuff done in Q1 allowed us to have a really smooth rest of the year, no matter how many gigs were coming in. So yeah, I think that's important for for people to know. Like, li- like, listen, you're going to have growing pains when, like, if, whether you own a business or you're self-employed as 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 your DJ, there and and you start to gain more gigs, let's say, or you're picking up multiple venues, there are going to be growing pains and and processes that you're going to have to figure out uh, and how to balance and how to grow your own your own business or your brand in a in a better, more uh, concise way. I think one thing that I learned in 2022 for our business is it's not our DJ's jobs to learn how to work with us. It's our job to show them and coach them and teach them on how to work with us and how we we want to work with, with DJs that we work with. I think that was a, a big realization for me this year. And it's helped us a lot, you know? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Sometimes it's like, well, they should know to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, no, they shouldn't. They've yeah. never seen this application. They've never used this website. They've never done this uh, this type of uh, booking or scheduling or whatever it might be, or plugging into a, 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 a certain mixer or using a certain OS or whatever it might be. Like, there's a, a multitude of things that go into our business that get thrown at at these guys and and you can't it can't be just expected like it even needs, just the guys need to be taught the interactions with djs as they are working with the venues that we partner with right like what time how how early should you be how to deal with certain situations it, it's it's a lot it's a lot you know and newer djs they don't have as much experience so it, it's really important to help them in in that journey of learning how to be easy to work with, with the venues, you know, and, and kind of those, those sticking points for, for the venues that are important, that it's important as a DJ working for get down, we make sure that we're, we're delivering on, you know, or hitting on. It's easy for us sometimes to lose sight, um, because of 20 plus years experience, 15 plus years experience, you know, respectively on like, Guys just don't know. Like, you know, there's they don't have the experience. Just because we have the experience doesn't mean they do. And it's like, all right, you got to put your your coaching hat on at those times. And and it's always got to be on for us, obviously. Yeah. But sometimes you do get lost where it's like, well, he should know. It's like, well, no, he shouldn't. Like one one of us usually has to remind the other one. Well, no, he shouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that was a big thing for us this year. And and I think, you know, I think we did a better job with it, guys. If we didn't let us know <laughs> the guys that are listening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a real business, you know, like the, it, we have to treat it as such. And and we're not just this little booking company anymore. We're a real business. You know, we've worked with like over a hundred DJs this year. Think about that. When we started, yeah, we, there was like 10 DJs that we worked with. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Somewhere between five and 10 uh, when we first started this thing out. And now, you know, we're, we're, booking six, 60 plus different DJs every quarter. Yeah, I mean like That's a crazy amount. 100 DJs, like over 30 different venues, thousands of DJ bookings, literally. Th- thousands. This crazy. was a wild wild year um with with the amount of bookings, you know. We're getting creeping up sitting around that 2000 mark I think for the year almost or surpassing it i don't know it's 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 a lot whatever it is it's a lot um but i think it was i think we've handled it pretty well and i think the guys have handled it pretty well too i actually think and this is gonna this is gonna sound crazy i think things were smoother than 2021 were was 100 percent. and but i guess the opening and the closing and the 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 uh unsure nature of, of the business was, was tougher. So maybe this was kind of a, a, a sigh of relief after 2020 and 2021, having a, a normal 2022 is really beneficial for us. And, and it made things a lot easier. Yeah. And one, one thing I think with all of the business and getting our business stuff updated and, and running smoothly, we, we lost a little bit of, of building our community and like all the events and stuff that we were always doing. I think that's something that for 2023 is a focus where like we only had one meetup last year, right? We're going to have two this year, hopefully Um, more events for our DJs, just like, 
you know, pre pre gig drinks or pre gig pizza or dinner or like stuff like that. I think that's a, a great thing to try to get back to for 2023. But I don't know. As far as this podcast, we did 37 podcasts for 2022. Um, I'd have to go look at how many we did in 2021, but that's well more than we did the previous year. And I think for 2023, we're going to try to do more than 37, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I think 37 comes out to somewhere roughly about three a month, I believe. Um, actually just over three a month, uh, which is great. I think that's great, but I would like to get on here every week. Um, and, and that's really, that's the main goal. I know some weeks are tougher than others with travel. Um, especially when I'm traveling, which is, you know, at least once a month. And then you're, you're starting your travel schedule has ramped up a, quite a bit here in the last three months three to four months. So, and and that's only going to increase more as well. I think it's being more equipped uh, with being ready to record on, on, a, on the move because it doesn't really take too much, you know, with the sound card and throw one of these microphones in the bag and a short XLR and you're good to go. Things that you should have in your bag anyway, probably. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but sometimes don't, but you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that yeah, we would like to do one every single week. Um, maybe have a little a couple more guests. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Have a couple more guests on this year. We had a lot of guests, like we said, on the we kind of reviewed this on the on the hundredth episode, but we had a lot of guests during the pandemic for obvious reasons. Um, but I think just getting ahead of the guest thing will be great. Um, guys, I would like to know actually, get down down into the comments. Um, who who would you guys like to see? on the get down over the next uh, 52 weeks. I have a really strong list of people that, that I want to have on the show. And I, a lot of them I've talked to about it, just a matter of scheduling it and making it happen. You know, it, it, it is sometimes hard with both of our schedules and then the guest schedule to figure out a time that actually works, but your list is definitely strong, but I definitely want to hear from the, from the listeners. For sure. sure. I I definitely want to know who, who they want to see and who they want to hear. Um, and I say see because you know we do we do post this on YouTube. If you guys don't check it out there, go check us out. Uh, we're youtube.com slash get that DJ group on YouTube. So that that's another way you can consume it if if you like to watch your podcast. So yeah, let us know who you guys want to see because I'm interested to 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 know. All right. So enough about us. Let's talk a little bit about the industry and and music. And we can reflect back on 2022. I think. This year was really the year of house music, right? Tech house. I mean, that's kind of what the wave has been this whole year. Uh, no, would you agree or disagree? Tech house has dominated dominated uh, what our DJs and what the market wants. I think Latin also dominated, obviously, Bad Bunny. That goes without saying. Yeah, for Latin, sure. So it's kind of funny. I think all of our guys would say that, you know, Tech House did dominate the scene and dominate what they played. And I, for me personally, I played more Latin than I played anything else. I think if I had to break mine down into like a pie chart of the percentages of, of the genres that I played, I would say like 30% of my music played is, is Latin inspired. It's a lot. It is a lot, but it's it it was my fallback all year. When I when I was trying to re reengage a crowd, that was my fallback. And it wasn't just Bad Bunny. It was like it was even like throwback 
Um, maybe like a throw, but the Daddy Yankee album was awesome. I'm actually looking at one of my playlists. Daddy Yankee, Daddy Yankee had a great album come out like that, that, that dominated a bunch as well. Um, so like that in combination with, with the, um, with the Bad Bunny stuff and then some of the throwback stuff that it's still sing along in the club. Like that's why that dominated my, my playlist. What you would say, you're, I mean, you would say Tech House and Bass House probably dominated what you played. Obviously, you're playing more toward an artist set, though. Yeah, I, you know, I, I got back to really being open format again this year for sure. But I think all the music that I was interested to play and 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 listen to was definitely like the house music vibe, the Tech House vibe, the Bass House vibe. My rooms just always just didn't always allow me to do that. So. Right. I think as DJs, that's what a lot of DJs were making and wanted to play. It doesn't mean that we were always able to do so. Right. I think in our market and where I've been playing, getting back to this open format thing and, you know, the Latin, the the Latin popularity is a big part of that. You know, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into hip hop for 2022. There weren't a ton of new hip hop artists or tracks that came out that like were must play every night. But there were enough that you could create a a peak hour hip hop set that went off, you know. Yeah, I'm, and then I'm actually go ahead, a lot go ahead. of a lot of the throwback like 2000s hip hop stuff hit again now. So my open format wasn't necessarily as much new hip hop, but when I went to hip hop, it was like the the mid 2000s, like 2010 stuff that was really hitting. So 2000s pop became big again. Yeah, you know, and I felt like a lot of that stuff got got remixed um you know the the kesha's and the uh, black eyed peas and i obviously i kind of pops a mainstay yeah sierra all, all that stuff all that stuff like it came back big in a big way where like you could even play the original of a lot of those tracks you know so i think that was a big vibe too so you had a lot of like the the 2000 late 2000s uh, early 2010s pop um whether it's remixed or the 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 originals mix that with a little Latin mix that with some, some popular bass and tech house and you're, you know, three quarters of the way through your set. <laughs> well, like the, the Acres do it to it phase happened. Right. And then right. a lot of the house yeah. DJs started making those like nineties vocal two thousands vocal hip hop tracks, which then right. allowed for us to go and play the originals because, and, and vice versa, right. Transition tracks yeah. and going up and down. Like it just, it just, worked with each other and that that's part of the reason i'm sure um but you know sprinkling a little disco house in there too and you know everybody's happy that that was kind of i'm just looking at like you know what's in my peak folder what's in my pick it up folder yeah and like that's that's what dominates it yeah my my big takeaways would be the tech house stuff the base house stuff and then just not a whole lot of new hip-hop that was like for the club, you know, I think those were some of my takeaways. And then a huge Latin year. Those, those are, those are the three main genres that we play. And to me, those are the big takeaways from those particular genres. I'm going to speak on my 2022 hip hop. Like when I wanted to go there, when I had to go there, like the, the ladies once again, dominated and, you know, your mainstays were there, uh, Megan and, and Nikki, and Doja, Doja um, and Cardi, but that 
birthed a whole bunch of uh, new lady hip hop artists as well that we've seen on the come up in the last you know six months to a year. And I, I think it, and and they're really making great club club friendly music still. It's just it, it's just ass shaking shit. You know, it's great. Um, yeah, Coyle Ray has some, some hits. From the guys, you know, the Drake, Drake always said, you know what I found that like the old Drake stuff has been like really sing along friendly. Um, even from even like stuff that's like 12 years old, like the younger generations into it, and they could have only been like eight, nine and 10, you know, when, when that album came out. So yeah, it's, it's nice to see that some of that old stuff translates, but he's still dropping new stuff. That's very good. Jack Carlo was great this year. I always like him. So, yeah, I think um, I think there was a lot of good hip hop that came out. It it just didn't necessarily always translate over to stuff that we're going to play in the club. You know, peak hour stuff. There wasn't a lot of peak hour party hip hop records, and I I'm hoping that we get back to that a little bit more in 2023. I've been hoping that for a couple years here. Um, and, you know, that's not to say that there weren't party records from this past year, but I, I'd like to see more for sure. More. 90 and 100 BPM hip hop records that really hit in the club. Yeah. Cause I think our market struggles with the 65 to 70 BPM hip hop, the slower stuff. Um, I don't think it, it's as translatable as some of those other genres that we spoke of. Um, not only from ownership or management perspective, because that is, that's always like a little bit of a struggle in our market for them to really latch onto that slower stuff. But also even, even to a, a crowd perspective, I feel like it doesn't hit as well as the, that other, the other genres we spoke of for sure. So what are your, what's, do you, do you want to get into like some of our awards that we want to hand out? Cause we kind of came up with a list of a few categories and some artists that we wanted to talk about, or do you want to talk about what do you think is going to change from 2022 to 2023? Um, let's get into, you know, some of the people that we thought were, were great this past year. All right. So I guess the first category was like, let's call it producer of the year. And when I say that, I don't mean like the big, huge artist, but some like up and comers. I have a couple for me that I've been playing a ton of their music. Uh, and it's, it's Vandal on the track, Gin and Sonic. And then Hawk is another one. Those three guys for me in 2022 were like mainstay, always downloading their music and playing a ton of their stuff in my sets. This is going to sound super biased. But yeah, I, I agree with Vandal on track. Vandal on track's amazing. He's been like re, like recently, like, like must hit stuff. He's pumping music out. He's not like he's has the the number one must play Latin remix in in one of my crates. The number one must play like up tempo, not EDM. I wouldn't call it, but like up tempo edit. And I think he's got the number one. I oh know Angelo's got the number one in my in my like pick it up. But I, Vandal on track and and Angelo, I play so, so I find myself especially recently because about a year ago I wasn't playing a lot of his stuff. Um, because I felt like it was like my crowds were like, it was just missing a little bit with my crowds. And then I think as the, like that pop remix stuff, re that like er late 2000s, early 2010s stuff started to really pump out 
in, in, in over the last six months to a year, I find myself going back and, and listening to older Angelo stuff and grabbing that stuff and putting in this year's crate. So I think that I think Angelo and 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 Vandal have been amazing for for me for my sets. Yeah, I mean, I I play all of Angelo's stuff too. Angelo does a great job with really knowing. He picks the right songs to remix, right? Yeah, and that that's Vandal. Vandal does an amazing job with that too. He all the new songs that need that that style of remix, that you know, one twenty four, one twenty six BPM house tech house style remix. He's on it and he makes it, and it's good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so let's of, let's. But yeah, what about, move on. Yeah, let's let's move on. Let's talk about best new artist. And we could we can kind of break this up if you want to do like house style first or EDM and then go to hip hop if you want to do it that way. Uh, best new like I wouldn't call him like new artist, but like you know, for me it was John Summit. I thought John Summit was all over the place in 2022. Obviously, we all had his music prior to 2022, but for somebody who like became like a, a must, must, must play. Um, and he's in every, and he's a must play for like every DJ. Uh, I think it was, it was John summit for me. Yeah. And, and I'm especially, gonna, especially yeah. when like he got announced in AC, like I know our group of DJs like, Whoa, amazing booking, you know, and, and, and everybody was shouting out Mark for, for that booking. So yeah, it was John summit for sure. Hands down. Yeah. I'm going to go with Fred again. Mm. And I know a lot of his music doesn't necessarily translate to the U S yet. Um, I just think what he brings to the table is unique and different with his live aspect of, you know, live, live, uh, drumming on MPC. And I I think what he brings to the table is different. And I think he's going to kind of spark what's going to happen in 2023. And the the UK style stuff that he's doing, the garage, the drum and bass, or I I don't even necessarily know if that's the genre that you would kind of place him in, but it's different, right? It's not something that we normally hear in the U S and then you add that on with his live performance aspect. And you know, he's selling out everywhere, right? All the little pop, he's doing pop-up shows everywhere. I think people can relate to him. He's doing shows in Ireland in a pub in the Guinness, like pouring Guinnesses for, for people that are right in front of him. Like (laughs) I think him and John summit have, uh, been able to connect to their audiences because despite how big and how much they've grown this year, they are like accessible, you know, they're right. like every man, like John summits and every man, like he's trying to get fucked up and party and have and rave and have a good time and listen to music. But he's also a really dope DJ and producer type thing. And right. I think people can, can relate to that, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously social media helps that, you know, they can promote that, that, that every man vibe. Um, gosh, I really love Fred again. He's like, that's what I predicted. If you go back to last year's predictions, my prediction was uh, drum and bass and UK sound for 2022. And I think he kind of brought that, but I don't think he brought that to the mainstream enough, I think, in in in, in America on, on a mainstream level. If you're a househead, obviously, you know who he is and, and you consume his music. But... um. So yeah, I'm going to stick with my last year's and still and go with that. I mean... I, I think I might have also said Afro a little bit last year, but that also hit big. There was a bunch of really good, a re, bunch of really good uh, new Afro artists come out that were not named Black Coffee. Um, 
So that was that that was big for that. You know what? African music as a whole was huge this year. Afro pop was big, 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 big. And Afro house was huge. So, you know, big shout to to those pockets of of Africa that have really been pushing great, great music. Yeah, I mean, Burna Boy blew up this year for sure. Burna Boy was big. You know, he's he's that crossover UK Afro artist. You know, if you go and listen to the top 40 um records in the UK currently, it's mostly it's mostly that Afro pop sounds with some with some Afro house involved in it too. And then yeah, you know. Sam Smith's on there as well. Uh, on the on the hip hop side for best new artist, do you have someone in mind? I have another female artist because that's what's been good for the last few years. I don't. I don't have somebody in mind currently. I think I Lotto Lotto did a great job. She had she put out a bunch of music. I think she had yeah. like the Big Energy track is a huge track that I play all the time in all my sets. Big Energy came out in fall of last year uh, on the radio. It was the first time I heard it. And then it didn't really like super hit until the beating, beginning of this year. Um, yeah. And then wound up putting out a couple more tracks that I really enjoyed. So I'd agree with you on that. Um, I know I, I'm not as involved in the hip hop scene as probably most I know that the guys that are probably shaking their heads and, and naming two or three other people that were were their kind of new artist of the year. I think Lotto and Coy LeRae are the two for me that kind of stand out as newer artists and music that I've been playing this year, you know? Yeah, no, that's I think that those are two good ones. Um I think Kim Kim Petrus was big. This like put out like two pre- pretty big records this year, the one with Sam Smith. Um I was familiar with with Kim Petras being involved in at, at 626 and in, in the LBGT community. Um but yeah, I I I um I agree with you on on the ones that you said for sure. All right, let's do uh let's do song of the year. Oh god. <laughs> I'm going to let you go first. Um I I think it's 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 an EDM song, and I think it's uh, the "I'm Good" track. Yeah, you're. Uh, you know, I get and I, Rexa. Not even. I just looked at it as soon as you said it, and, and that's it. That's it. So actually, I didn't even tell you this story, and I should have taken. I don't know, just real quick. I was. Um, I went a town over, a town called Celebration. They have a whole block that they sync their Christmas lights, and they play a song, and it's all sync together for like a 15 minute show and I'm good was one of the tracks that they played. Really? Yeah. I'll send you the video. It's, it's super dope, but, um, that's how big that is. Like it, that, that was just it. That's the, one of the big, that was definitely the biggest one in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I liked drugs from Amsterdam as well. There's a lot. And I think this kind of translates into another, another topic we want to talk to talk about, but when I'm thinking about well, what was the best song of the year, I'm also thinking about, well, what song am I going to play when the ball drops? <laughs> I think it's I'm good. I I couldn't even think of a second. I couldn't even think of a runner up. It depends what crowd you're playing in front of, right? If you're playing in front of like an EDM top 40 crowd, like to me, there's not even a question that I'm good is the song that I'm going to play. And that's what I'm going to play on Saturday when I go up to, to Connecticut, to Mohegan Sun. Like that's going to be my ball drop song. 
Yeah, I'm speaking from an open format DJ perspective. Um, what would you play? Like, if you're in a hip hop room, what would you play? That's probably a, that's a toughie. I would probably play Jimmy Cooks, Drake. Jimmy Cooks, yeah, that's a good one. That would probably be my hip hop room ball drop song. Honestly, I, I would also say maybe uh, the Central C Doja track. I I love that track. It hit hard that's for me this year too. That's a great track too. Right? Great track. Yeah, it is. I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at other things, but I I think yeah, that's you hit him on the head for sure. I'm not seeing anything else. And that's then jumping out at you me. know, Bad Bunny. If you want to do the Latin thing, I think TT is probably the one, right? Yeah. I mean, Vandals. that song still goes Vandals. off crazy. Vandals remix. Yeah, <laughs> original, or you could do that, but. It's funny, no. like going through and well, I was downloading music this morning and I was going through all my record pools that I hit regularly. And there was all, there's so many New Year's Eve countdown tracks, like so many that I don't even want to deal with going through all of it. Because mm -hmm. in my brain, I already knew Saturday what song I'm playing. So I downloaded a couple of versions of that. I might make my own potentially. That's um, what I figured you'd do. That's usually what I do. I don't know. I don't like these countdown songs and New Year's Eve are are it's like the Halloween songs and the Christmas songs. Like it it just turns me off. I just don't like them. I hate them to be honest. They all have like a terrible tone play. They're just corny. I just not for me. Yeah, you you might as well make your own. You're well capable. Um, all right, and let's do let's do artist of the year. Artist. I, I mean, of it's got to be Bad Bunny. Not a, not even not a close second. I think. Yeah. That's it. So much music. Uh, literally, like, the industry's been shaken up by the Bad Bunny requests. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> the tour was incredible. You saw multiple stops, um, which you could probably speak to in a second. Uh, he just did that gas station concert in Puerto Rico. Which yeah, that, that looked crazy. Um, which was so reminiscent of... U2 um, back in the 80s, which is kind of a legendary thing as well. I think that was in Ireland. I, I believe that was like kind of the same vibe where they just set up on a on a roof and, and played a concert. Um, just he was just such an influence, such an influence on music, uh, period, across the board, pop music, Latin music, house music, just straight up an influence. Pure Dominated domination. Everything. Domination. And we haven't seen... I don't think we've seen an artist dominate pop music, which means that kind of touches every other genre of music probably since, dare I say, Michael Jackson. I mean, didn't we have the conversation about his impact compared to Michael Jackson? I don't know if that was on the podcast or not. <laughs> I think it might have been. I was thinking thinking of that when I said it, but like it's not saying that he's bigger than Michael Jackson because that was just a different time period, you know, where there was less music coming out. Just the impact that he's made. Just the impact's crazy. Crazy. Like, people had to walk into the studio thinking about, like, if I want to put out a pop record, like, do I want to add out Latin influence? Because that's really what's selling right now. Um. So, yeah, that's hands down. Not even close. Talk about his... I don't think you talked about his concerts all that much, I think on, on, uh, on the pod and like yeah. talk about the difference between obviously the, the Puerto Rico show and the, the New York city show and 
you know, what kind of performer is he? I don't know because I have never, I've never even really seen him. Yeah. I mean, his, my girlfriend like loves, loves, loves Bad Bunny. So we've been to a bunch of shows. Uh, the first show I saw him was in Puerto Rico and I don't, nothing will touch that show because yeah. it was just insane. It was basically, he basically set up like a festival and all the partners and companies that he works with, all the brands, they were a part of the show. There was like, it, it was just insane. They had like a whole outdoor area before you went eat into the stadium with food and entertainment and experiences and merch and stuff like that. And then inside the show was also insane. He brought out every artist you could think of. And every show I've been to, he performs for like three hours, man. He does so many songs. It, it's, it's impressive. He sounds really good live. Uh, he has so many hits. For someone who doesn't speak Spanish or, you know, I understand some, but it's right. it's not a strong suit of mine to still go and really enjoy seeing the shows multiple times. Uh, like it, that also speaks to how how great of an artist he is. But yeah, I saw him in Puerto Rico. I saw him at in in Newark, which was probably my least favorite show just because it was just yeah. like a standard arena show. Did he uh, still do a long set in the arena? I think that was the shortest of all three shows that I saw. That makes sense. Yeah. And then the Yankee show was awesome. You know, it was a really cool uh, a vibe. Doing it in Yankee Stadium with Diplo as an opening act was super cool. Was he in center field? Is that where they do it? Yeah, center field. Okay. Like left center field. Right. Makes sense. So yeah, man, like at this point, I'm also a fan of Bad Bunny, you know? Yeah. So yeah, hand, it's hands down artist of the year for sure. Interesting from a, a a pop music artist to do like a three hour show. That's almost unheard of because you're rifling through what three three and a half minute tracks. He has so many songs. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's crazy. Like it's three crazy. three and a half minute tracks. And I'm sure he's doing like a little shtick in between and 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 a little you know talking and engaging the crowd, et cetera, et cetera. But like. We're used to hearing like, you know, Springsteen does a three to four hour show. The Dead do a three to four hour show. But they can like jam on tracks. You know what I mean? Like, there's no like breaking down for a five minute guitar solo at a, at a Bad Bunny show. <laughs> like, it's it, it's got to be exhausting. And there's a reason why, you know, he is who he is. Because to do such things, is, that's, that's out of the box for sure. So... He just to give you guys some like numbers on this in 2022, Bad Bunny made $435 million in his tours alone. Just his tours. The newest tour, the world's hottest tour, which is mostly in is outdoor in stadiums, was 314 million. That's has nothing to do with endorsements, uh, merch, his sneakers from Adidas go crazy. I've been trying to buy them. I try to get the drop every time for my girl and I fail. I had to buy them off a, you know, goat or whatever. Right. Um, so that doesn't include any of that stuff. Spotify streams, like none of that. That's just tour money alone. He's close to, he's got to be close to like a billion dollar person here. That's, that's where these, that's where these artists are making their money right now. Right. On tour. Like, he was obviously the number one touring artist in the world. Um, 
stadium shows pay. I mean, you could put a lot of people, you know, you put a lot of people in a Yankee stadium paying premium, premium dollar for a ticket. And then what do, what do they charge? What does he charge for like a t-shirt at the merch stand there? Like 80 like, bucks? Nah, like 40 or 50 bucks probably. Okay. So st- standard concert, standard concert. Yeah. Prices. Like hoodies were like 120 or 150 probably. You still haven't gotten me a, a tour t-shirt when you got, when you go to the shows. I asked you when you went to Puerto Rico. Dude, <laughs> trying to buy merch at the shows is like anxiety. It's the worst experience ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's, sure it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. That's how I feel when I'm going to get my dead posters. Did they sell out yet or did they not sell out? And then everybody's kind of going to do the same thing at the beginning of the show. It's yeah. it's a it's a <laughs> it's mayhem. Yeah, so Bad Bunny's 434 million this year uh is the all-time uh highest grossing year for a tour. Surpassing Ed Sheeran in 2018 of 400 and he also had 434, but Bad Bunny was 434.9 and Ed Sheeran was 434.4. Wild, pretty sick. So yeah, Bad Bunny ruled the year. Be interesting to see who kind of if anybody can, not to say take that over because that's not going to happen. But like, is he going to cool down a little bit as far as how much? music he's going to come out with. I don't think so, but I think he's riding the wave, man. You have to, you have to, because you just don't know when, when, or if I don't think the wheels are going to fall off, but like, you don't know when you're going to cool off a little. Yeah. I mean, he's 28 years old. He just came out with two more songs. Like he just did uh, the song with Argonhel, which is who he performed with at the gas station in Puerto Rico. Like Mm. he's going to keep pumping music, you know? As he should, because just make that money when you can. Yeah, man. All right. So let's let's close out here talking about predictions for 2023. Like, where do you think pop music and music in general? And if you want to throw some artists that you think are going to blow up, like what do you think is going to happen in 2023? Man, 2023. I don't like I said before, I don't think it looks any much different from my predictions from 2022. I think that my predictions from 2022 started to kind of gain steam over the summer into the fall. And I think that's going to continue to happen. So I think, like you said, I think Fred again, and that sounds maybe that becomes the new quote unquote tech house sound like the, you know, tech house sounds, hopefully maybe, maybe that UK sound does cross over the, the ponds a little more than, than has in years past. Um, I don't know. I don't really, you know, I, I hip hop, I think, I think hip hop gets clubbier and continues to get clubbier, uh, as you know, as far as what we can play in the in the nightclub. Um, I hope the, so. it has it has picked up it has picked up a bit in the in the last three months. I I, I find that I'm I'm downloading more and more hip hop, so I'm hoping that you know maybe maybe one artist kind of takes the torch and runs with it, um, and and puts out like a really good club friendly album. I think that would be dope. Yeah. Jersey Club. I think you'll agree with that. Yeah. I mean, Jersey Club's been getting more popular. You see more artists making it. You see more edits on the record pools from artists making Jersey Club, which is great to see. I would love to to keep seeing that grow. I think where we see the Fred again and, and that sound crossover, it might not necessarily be in garage or UK style sounding tracks here in the US that go big, but I think the BPMs are going to rise. 
So I think we're going to see more 130, 132 BPM tracks come out here. Maybe like the techno thing, which has grown in popularity here in the US and I know is huge in Europe. Maybe that kind of boosts up a little bit and we go away from this like tech house 124, 126 style. It's it's been getting overplayed, right? It's just overproduced. And and that wave I feel like is going to slow down. And the next thing is going to pick up. I think the the faster BPM stuff is going to come back. Maybe oh, it's maybe it's that like one thirty like Dutch style stuff gets popular again. Or yeah. I, I just think like the BPMs are going to pick up and music's going to be made at a, at a faster speed. Yeah, for sure. All it takes is one pop um, pop artist, pop producer to put out a song at that BPM, and it, it takes off. I mean. You could see even what was being replayed, you know, on the radio or on your XM or whatever. Some of the, like, every time we touch, like, original, I heard in, like I said, on a random podcast, uh, I was here, I was hearing it in random places this year. I heard it in the airport, heard it in a restaurant somewhere. And it was like, in years past, if that song came on, it'd be like, what the hell is this play? Like, what are they playing? But that's, that's the stuff that's being worked in. And I, you can definitely see pop music going that way. Yeah. One last thing that I do want to talk about, which we haven't talked about this whole episode, is just like the 2022 rise of like the TikTok artists blowing up, you know? And I, I think that's going to continue in 2023, especially in the first half here where music's going to blow up on TikTok. And because of that, us, the DJs, are going to have to play it, you know? And remixes that blow up on TikTok are going to blow up in the clubs. And that's going to continue. And I just think more and more artists who get found on TikTok are going to grow in, in 2023. You know, I have there's Disco Lines and, you know, Matillo. And I, there's a ton of artists that I can think of just seeing on my feed all the time. You know, even Fred, again, all his stuff is super viral. And like that right. plays into the the mystique of of him and his shows and stuff. We see it. We saw we've seen um <clears throat> record pools make now sections for viral uh for, for viral music uh that you could just go in and grab the have lists of what's viral currently. Yeah. And that's obviously now just it's a big part of of our job and I'm really grateful for record pools for, for yeah. doing that because especially if you're not as active. It's uh, going to get harder for artists, for young artists or or more unknown up and coming artists to get found on a, pl- a platform like TikTok because so many people are now trying to blow up there, you know? Right. Yeah, for and sure. This this is something where like looking back, Brandon Barris, who used to work with us, like was pushing TikTok, TikTok, TikTok three years ago, four years ago, even. Four years ago. Yeah. And it's like, here it is, you know, it's taken three years, but it's like making yeah. artists now and making it's a- tracks now. Yeah, it's it, it's it's dominated the music scene as far as uh, influence on on what we need to play, yeah, and what what people are listening to. So, all right, guys, we're gonna wrap here. I mean, thank you, thank you for a great year of of listening, and and Gary and I really enjoyed doing this, and and you guys who listen and comment and give us ideas, and you you push us to keep growing the pod and keep making the episodes. So. Thank you guys for that. Uh, I hope everybody can reflect on their 2022 and enter 2023 with, you know, a fresh outlook and 
motivated for success and growing your businesses and booking more gigs and making more music. And that's it, man. That's all. That's my final, my final words for this year. Yeah. I mean, thank every, I like to thank everybody for just like letting, letting us vent and letting us talk about like the, the issues and talk through some of the issues that we have. That's a big, that's a big part of the show. I feel, um, it's not just us venting, but it's us also working through issues and hopefully giving you guys knowledge into how to deal with the same issues when you come across them, because it is, it is inevitable that we do all deal with the same stuff at some point or another in our DJ careers. And if by listening to the pod, you are a little more well-prepared then you know, you're better off for it. And we hope that we're providing you a little insight. So Thank you guys once again. Uh, it's been a great, 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 great year. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the, this episode of The Get Down. My name is Kareem. Gary W. Peace out. Peace, guys.